Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every day, only about 13 minutes, but that gets us into God's Word and thereby helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps us to have a more spiritual and therefore positive mindset to be able to deal with life every day, with all that it throws at us and it keeps us focused on our relationship with God. Help people in your life, probably some within your own family, who need to change the direction of their lives. They need to come to God. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everyone you can. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study talking about five pictures of hope, five pictures of hope. We've already looked at a couple and we've been looking at the, uh, we're about to look at the third one as well. Again, we've already looked at it to some extent perhaps, but five pictures of hope. We saw hope is light, light. God's word gives us hope. It is the message of hope that we can be forgiven, that we can be saved through Jesus Christ, that we can look forward to eternal life with him in heaven. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Psalm 119, 105. Hope is light, light. Hope is also, well, it's described as a peg or a nail. And we talked about how those nails going through Jesus's hands and feet fastening him to that cross as the perfect sacrifice that God offered himself for the guilt of our sins. Those nails fastened him to that cross, and they were brutal from a physical perspective of pain and suffering, but they nailed him to that cross. The blood shed from his hands and his feet, and that was part of the blood that he allowed to have spilled on the cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. Now, hope is also a door, a door. In Hosea chapter 2 and verse 15, the prophet wrote this, I will give her, I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as a door of hope, a door of hope. She shall sing there, and in the days, as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. Well, Israel had a door of hope. Do we have a door of hope today as Christians in this age? We certainly do. Now, the meaning of hope in Scripture is almost the opposite, again, of what we normally think of as hope in our ordinary language today. Ordinarily, we may say that we hope for something. We are expressing uncertainty, however, when we use that expression, because we're hoping for something. We're not sure it's going to happen. But biblical hope not only desires something good, and ultimately the ultimate good, and that is eternal home in heaven with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in our future, but it also expects it to happen. 
And there's the difference between hope that is of this world in our physical lives and the hope that we have as Christians today, spiritual hope. The one is a wish, the other is the expectation of the fulfillment of the desire. It is confident that it will happen. Now, when the scriptures use hope, it does not mean cross your fingers. And it is not the lip-biting gaze as you watch the place kicker go for the field goal in the last 10 seconds when you're down by two points in a football game. (laughs) No, no, no. But it is, again, the use, it, it is not just the desire, but it is the expectation that this will happen. This desire will be fulfilled completely. The confidence of hope is not mathematical or logical. It is a moral certainty because it is given to us by God, by God. Now, I want us to read John chapter 10, uh, not the whole chapter, (laughs) the first nine verses. And here we read of this door of hope that is Jesus Christ, our Savior. Beginning with verse 1, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Hmm. Okay, a sheepfold would be an enclosure in a town or a community or a village where shepherds would bring their sheep at night and leave them with the tender the one who is tending the flocks. And he would allow them to come in, and the next morning after the shepherd had rested and for the night had eaten, he comes to get, he comes back to the sheepfold, the tender opens the door, and that shepherd simply calls his sheep. They know his voice, and they come out immediately. Well, but Jesus says the one who enters in to the sheepfold by some other way than the door climbs over the fence, perhaps, he says, uh, he's a thief and a robber. He's a false shepherd. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and and leads them out. Now, that's a rather amazing characteristic of the sheep for me to think about that Every shepherd has his own call to his sheep, and all the sheep in his flock know that shepherd's voice. They know their shepherd's voice, and all he has to do is call out whatever it might be. It might be a yodel. It might be uh, something else, you know, some words, whatever it is. Those sheep know that that's their shepherd calling them, and they respond in a positive way. Verse 4 goes on and says, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger huh, because they don't know his voice, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, verse 6 says, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. This was something that Jesus was using as illustrative language, trying to get a message across, using an illustration that the people should have been able to relate to because it was a common kind of thing in their day, but they did not get it. So verse 7 says, 
Then Jesus told them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, false teachers, in other words, and will go in and out and find pasture. I'm sorry, thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. He says it again. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, I am the door. I am the way to God. I am the way to forgiveness and salvation. In the 14th chapter of John, Jesus said in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostle Peter said, speaking of Jesus, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only Savior. Again, Romans 6 and verse 23 gives both sides, both ends of the spectrum, so to speak. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So in John chapter 9, Jesus is saying, we know from a common perspective that the sheepfolds are out there. The true shepherds bring their flocks in at the proper times. There is a tender or a gatekeeper, and he watches over the sheep. He makes sure that the gates are closed, that the sheep are secure inside the fold. When the shepherd comes back, the gatekeeper opens the door. The shepherd gives his unique call to his sheep, and his flock immediately comes and follows him because they know his voice. Well, Jesus was really trying to use common, a common kind of illustration to get across a spiritual message. And when the people did not understand what he was trying to say to them, then he put it more clearly. He said, I'm the door. I'm the door. If you want to come to God, you've got to come through me. I'm the door. And so from our lesson that we're studying, our line of thought, Jesus is saying, I'm the hope. The hope to come to God is through me. You've got to come through me. I'm the door. I'm the door of hope. The door of hope. Now, if you have two books and you add two more, we're mathematically certain that we now have four books. If all men are mortal, and if Plato was a man, then we're logically certain that Plato was mortal. Hope is based on a moral certainty because it is rooted in the character of God. You see, the hope that we're really talking about, that goes with New Testament Christianity, that goes with following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that hope is rooted in the character of God. And God is not capricious. God is not wishy-washy. God doesn't play with us. God does not lie. It's against his nature. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, we read this. God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is the door of hope, the door of hope. 
When we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, we see the same statement in the middle of the verse, God is faithful. Now, sometimes we look at the temptations the devil throws at us, and, and we might feel hopeless to be able to stand against those temptations because we're weak. But in the middle of verse 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the apostle Paul says, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Jesus is our hope, our hope, our door of hope, through which, through him, we can come to God for forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending your son to be the door of hope through which we can come to God for forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. Thank you for loving us so much, Father. We can come to you through your Son, our Lord and Savior, the door of our ultimate hope. Praise be to you, Father. Please forgive us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.